to the Talk and Shed podcast with your host, Adam Finnick, where we talk all things farm equipment. Tune in as we interview farmers, industry leaders, and talk about our own dealership story. Follow along as we talk about topics like cover crops, nutrient placement, and things that make your farm and every farm across the country different. You're listening to the Talk and Shed podcast, and thank you for tuning in. Well, good morning, guys. Uh, we're back here in the office. Uh, the last podcast you listened to uh, in the in the line of series was Cody and I. We were out meeting customers, driving down the road, doing all all sorts of things. Uh, today, this morning, we've got a special guest in the house, Dave Gunkelman. Dave, good morning. What are you up to today? Well, spent the night here at the Fen again last night. Yep. Uh, had a Ended up here yesterday afternoon and did some business with a few of the guys and uh, uh, came back this morning, put some orders in for you, and uh, just going to hit the fields today. So Dave is our Southford Territory rep. Dave, talk a little bit about uh, where you're from, where you live, um, and kind of your background before you got with Southford. So eastern Ohio, northeast Ohio, Worcester area, north of Worcester, um, grew up Medina County uh, on a dairy farm. Um, spent my whole life in that region within uh, two counties there and a uh, family farm, uh, which is now still doing a little bit of dairy, but it's uh, mostly uh, corn and soybeans and uh, lots of uh, custom harvesting, chopping, things like that that my cousin does now. Um, so Grew up doing that and still in the dairy heifer side of things, you know, show heifers with the kids and um, uh, was in dairy nutrition in my early days, got in the agronomy side at the co-op and then into the uh, farm equipment industry and been doing that for over 20 years now. Sure. <clears throat> well, Dave, you know, Dave, whenever he comes to visit, uh, he usually makes it an overnight deal, which is pretty nice, come in the afternoon um hang out a little bit um it's more than just you know a one hour stop or something and and we have a lot of fun doing that so uh this morning we came in here and uh, thought well before you take off we need to record a podcast and and just talk about all sorts of things so um we get to spend more time with dave than most of our uh, territory reps and we have a heck of a lot of fun doing it so figured we'd sit down and uh and record a podcast um, today is, I think, yeah, October 12th. So we're getting, uh, starting to get, you know, midway through harvest. Things are starting to get fun. This is, this is part of my favorite time uh, of the year. I've been hearing some pretty good numbers on the yield monitors. Yeah, I've seen uh, uh, some really good yields above average. Um, that's on corn and soybeans. And so it, everything I'm hearing so far has been really positive. Yeah. Yeah, I've talked to some guys, and you know, this is a time of year that's kind of weird for us because our phones slow down a little bit because guys are busy harvesting. You know, they're working 12, 14 or longer days trying to get that crop in, and and uh, but yeah, I've heard the things are pretty good. The only downside to what we're in right now is how dry it is. Yeah, I've noticed that it's really dry. I've seen some guys uh, drag lining some hog manure yesterday with a airway. And um, believe it or not, they were making dust, and they're putting down, you know, probably five, eight thousand, yeah, ten, putting down some lots of gallons. But I've seen some uh, 
tillage along the way yesterday in my travels and man the dust was just rolling and i've seen some uh some areas already where guys have kind of held back on tillage just to hopefully get some rain yeah yeah i had some guys call in last week looking for some of those bullet points to put on their ripper their their case 875 and uh, they said well well this dry is what it is we're just going to use our regular rippers because uh points because they know they're going to burn through them so fast because it's so dry and uh the only positive right now is i see guys pulling this trucks right in the field you know and loading (laughs) so i mean it's a nice thing there harvest wise we're not making a mess of the fields but right it's hard to get good tillage done right those type of conditions compaction shouldn't be an issue i had some manure hauled down on a field and i went out last night and looked at it they drove semis through the field loaded of course and it wasn't bad at all. Nice. It, no. It, it's a great fall to be have the trucks out in the field, run grain carts everywhere, and for harvest, getting the crop out, it couldn't be any better. No. Um, mm-hmm. Other than if your combine does catch on fire, the whole field might go. True. But <clears throat> hopefully that doesn't happen. You're in a world of hurt, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's what's going on here at this minute. I really like this time of year because it's when demos kind of start. You know, phone calls start coming in. The fields, you haven't been able to go in a field for, you know, six months. Well, now we can go out there and get tools dirty. So hopefully, uh, you know, we've got a list of of tools that need to be demoed uh, all across the state and Indiana. And so hopefully we can get some of that knocked out. Yeah, it's that time. It's a fun time. Um, We have a just looking at your guys' list of opportunities that guys that want to get stuff in the field is it's a long list. Got a lot of work to do, but got a lot of tools coming uh and uh hopefully we can capture some sales here before the end of the year right yep yeah we got a lot of tools coming we were just going over it uh we got some tools coming the end of this month and then trickle all the way through february and march so mm-hmm. uh we got a lot of assembly uh to be done this morning um speaking of assembling uh southward tools dad sent me a snapchat of the construction company down at wabash yep our new facility doing some uh uh demo. demo work on i think they were in working on the offices mm-hmm. i think yeah but uh so that, that's the next step for us yeah that big shop down there i think be pretty exciting to yeah. set up some of this big equipment in yeah yeah i never really i always just knew it was a big building i never really took the time to measure it personally it's 90 by 160 yeah you walk in that thing it'll it'll handle well we were in there the other day and we had three wide drop bars in there and it was like it just took up like a little corner and we were like yeah whoa yeah. we could put like four 40 foot tools together in yeah. here this would be awesome <laughs> yeah we yeah. could it, it'll be it's gonna be nice for efficiency yeah mm-hmm. it'll be crazy i can't wait till we're down there but like you know we're gonna take our time we're gonna do it right because there's no uh deadline that we have to be out of here either you know we can obviously uh do it out of here as well so but yeah um so dave you talked about your background was a little bit with uh a lot with dairy uh you were just up at the world dairy expo why don't you talk about that you know what did you do there and and what is the world dairy expo yeah the world dairy expo is uh you know you got exhibitors showing cattle from all over the world um you have uh you know companies there with you know dairy equipment um feed equipment, you name it, anything you can think of, cow comfort, uh, animal health, nutrition. I mean, it's just an impressive uh, thing to see 
um, with everybody coming together, they're great companies and just the top dairy, you know, people around the country and uh, where they gather and they show cattle and it's just amazing, you know, what people do to present their cattle at that level. Um, you know, it's an honor to have my kids show up there again this year. Um, you know, they, uh, Tim and Grace, they've, they've, I think this was about the third time I think they've had something of the quality to go up there and show and um, had a really good year. Ended up with a third place and a fourth place. And, you know, those classes are 40 animals deep, you know. Yeah, that's that's tough to do. It's pretty cool. So uh, so they did all the hard work, and, you know, I was able to get up there for a couple of days, and um, they got things handled and got everything. One back home, sold one up there, so that was a good thing. Um, but, I mean, it's just uh, it, it's kind of like a, a big farm show cattle show everything in one you mm-hmm. know a trade show and stuff like that and it's just and a, that's in madison madison wisconsin <clears throat> yes gotcha a convenient place being the, the yeah. cheese state oh yeah um the grilled cheese sandwiches there are amazing really oh yeah you can't make one like that at home mm-hmm. huh um now i'm pretty sure they have the world beef expo in the same, I believe it's in the same facility. Yeah, I think it's like that, but I think it's like uh, a few weeks before the dairy okay. expo. Um, but on on the beef side of things, you know, there there is somewhat of a disconnect, in my opinion, from the the true beef producers and the show cattle world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is the same disconnect true in dairy? You think? Yeah, kind of. But it's you know you see it is you you have your herds that are just out there producing milk and. Uh, you know that's their living but there's a lot of even them big producers that I see up there that have gotten the fever for showing dairy cattle and they have a separate barn for those animals and uh, really get into it you know the competitive side of Mm -hmm. you know showing off what you have right so it's pretty neat to see yeah I mean I would think there'd be less disconnect in the dairy world because it would be hard to raise decent Holsteins if you're not doing a lot of milking too. Correct. You know, because it kind of goes hand in hand. Whereas on the beef side, you know, um, when you don't have to milk them every day, right. you know, you can, granted, you wouldn't be milking the heifers and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I look at like the Ackleys of the world, you know, they milk and show and yeah. do a lot of that. I, I feel like that's a lot more on the dairy side. Oh, yeah. You Whereas do. on the beef, it's, it's you either show cattle or you don't produce gotcha. yeah. right. steaks. Exactly. If 500 a head at a time, mm-hmm. you know, out west. Yeah. Just huge family oriented. You know, I mean, it's when you look at, you mentioned Ackley family, family you know, the, the whole family's involved and, uh, um, you know, it runs deep and, uh, you see a lot of that in the dairy industry and uh, the families that come up there and they they just go every year. It's a tr- tradition, right. you know, because they get to see people and mm-hmm. um, it's the only time to get to see them, you know, so it makes right. a nice little vacation. Yeah, so that, that's held once a year up in Madison. <clears throat> that's pretty neat. Um, so did you grow up showing as well? You know, I, I showed 4-H, but nothing at this level. I never showed it. Ohio State Fair or nothing like that you know I mean we at that time you know we were 600 acres milking 125 cows and you know it's a lot you know you had a six row planter back then yeah. you know and a two row chopper so I mean that was a lot of work so we were constantly seems like we were baling hay or 
chopping corn. I had it. Day, I had something going the, on. You know what I mean? It seemed yeah. like you always had something. So we we would grab a heifer out of the pen the day before the fair and get her broke. Mm-hmm. Show up at the county fair and you know try and do something. So it was no, it was never at this level. So I mean, it's, seeing what these kids do today in order to prep for a show it's all year long it's every day so um but it's different you know i have a barn at home that we house the show cattle in and you know i work a full-time job and kids are working jobs now and school and um you know that's that's your chores at home so it's you know it isn't like when you had 125 cows to milk every day i mean that was right that was it's hard to manage the quality the type of cattle that we do in this industry when you have cows to milk every day yeah you know, right hard. yeah yeah the last it, thing you want to do is mess with another barn yeah after you get done with chores right yeah but it's been fun been a neat hobby and you know it's a, can't say it was a huge money maker but it wasn't a loss i mean we've always done well you know, right remarketing the cattle so. mm-hmm. well 4-h is one of those things that it, it's one of the better things that a kid can be involved in you know, I believe so. Wh- whether you're making money or not, um, a majority of the people that that worked here or have ever worked here were involved in 4-H, and that wasn't. We don't uh, put a box on the resume that you know check this box if you want to work here. Right. And, you know, uh, but it just it's coincidence because those types of people that were raised in 4-H raised around whatever you want to show rabbits or chickens, whatever it it shows them how to lose, how to win, but. Um, whether you're making money or not, of course, you need to cover some bills and stuff like that. Because um, I saw last night where a, uh, I'll show you this quick if I saw it pulled up. <clears throat> a heifer sold for $421,000 last yep. night on show circuit. It's crazy. And it's we're like, seeing that, you know, in the dairy industry as well. It's amazing what, uh, you know, people are willing to invest in, but they see the value, whether they're flushing and, Right. And doing things like that for mar- and marketing offspring, you know, from that. And it's just, uh, it's created a whole new business. Yeah. You know, I mean, guys. maybe we're the ones that aren't very smart because we didn't give 500 for. Right. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, who knows? Instead, we were looking at used equipment to buy online last night. So we had right. stuff to sell. Yeah. yeah. We still didn't get anything bought. Yep. Well, we got to wait. They got to call us back. They got to call us back first. Yeah. <laughs> but back to your 4-H thing, you know, the 4-H... And FFA, um, to me, has been myself. It's, it's helped round me into what I am today. Yeah. And and all these, like you said, the employees you have here, it's amazing the work ethic that those type of people have mm-hmm. just right. from being around 4-H and FFA and working with projects and things like that. It, they had to have responsibilities, you know, in order to do a project. And, it, you know, to me... You can you can pick them kids out today when you sure you know when you're somewhere working or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when we tour J and M, you know they talk about how fortunate they are to have the workforce here in Mercer County, and they they uh, attest it to the livestock that are located here. But I think it goes hand in hand with the 4-H. You know, we've got a big fair, we've got a lot of people that show uh, in 4-H and are involved, and and they talk about how. You know, through these times of uh, struggling to find workers, now I'm not saying that they're overflowing with workers, but um, they're probably better off than most right. because of the culture that they are after it's and the kind the of people they want. It, it's livestock and 4-H is what's doing it. Mm-hmm. So, 
it's pretty interesting um the uh yeah we were calling on some equipment yesterday but it's something i've always wondered because we've all been guilty of it but why why is it that we don't always want to call people back when when we're doing sales you're interested in something you see it on tractor house and you call the dealership the guy you talk to probably doesn't know anything about it um they say someone's gonna call you back and, and you hear the stories all the time if you're on twitter or wherever and they don't call you back why you know, I, I ask myself that often because I'll get somebody who'll call me and be like, hey, I can't get this guy to call me back. And I just, I scratch my head because I'm like, you know, I've been in sales a long time. And if you get a call, that's right there's the, the gate opening. I mean, if they're calling you, half the work's done. Right. You know, you just need to go after it. And uh, so I don't, I don't really know, but I mean, I've noticed in my territory, the dealers that either grab that call when it comes and have the info right then or gets right back with them, their sales, they see it, you know, the positive results. Right. Um, you know, but dragging your feet, me as the farmer or me calling on something, when I'm ready to buy something, I'm going to call until I find, get somebody to give me what I want. Right. So if that guy waits a day, he might miss out. Supply and demand. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, they always would say, you know, um, what's the whole pig in heat saying? You know, it's only in heat for a day or so. You know, you got to right. get them while they're in exactly. heat, while they're hot. But I'll never forget, um, this goes back to my sunflower days, probably I'm dating myself, but I mean, this is probably 20 years ago. And uh, Tim Cronk down at JD Equipment in London, Ohio, told me one day he, he, that's back when we had our price books where I'd fill their price books with up, anytime we'd have updated price pages, you'd go in and you'd change out their price pages for them. I mean, that's how things worked back then. We didn't have everything on the computer and iPads and phones and things like that. But one day he says, because uh, he was selling a lot of my stuff. And, um, he, I was sitting in his office. He says, hey, I want to tell you something. And Tim, I don't know how old he is. He might have been, I don't know, 15 years older than me. I kind of looked up to him as a peer, you know, because he did a really good job. And he says, you know, I want to tell you something. He goes, you know why I sell so much of your stuff? I said, no, I don't. It's good stuff. I mean, I'm selling the best. It's the John Deere of tillage equipment, you know? Right. And he says, no. He goes, anytime I call you, you either answer or you call me back in a timely matter to answer my question. Yeah. And so I've never forgot that, you know, in the last 20 years. So, I mean, I constantly try to re tell the younger guys like yourselves how important it is to get back with mm -hmm. somebody. But I'll never forget that day. And I think that's helped my career grow just by never forgetting that, hearing those nice words right. from Tim Cronk. So right. kind of a neat story. Yeah. Yeah, it is, and it's so true, you know, and I was I was kind of talking to Corbin yesterday about this a little bit, you know. Um, I don't care if a territory guy comes in here and has the best product, the best prices, and, and I have guys wanting to buy it. If I can't get the support and service and and the the relationship, forget it. Exactly. They, they can leave. Mm -hmm. I don't want to sell it. I want to sell stuff that 
that I don't have to pull my hair out on, that I can call for support, and and that I can rely on someone exactly. to not load us up with iron. Yep. And and that is what we have built here. You look at our Yetter rep, you look at our Salford rep, um, you name it. Now there's some companies that we sell for, but we don't have a lot of their equipment out here right. either. Um, so yeah, that's very true. Um, but it it seems that they're in, in you know I think that part of the hesitation from a salesman is a lot of things. How many times have you ever gotten a sale perfect as a salesman? Now you're in a different boat because the price is what it is. Right. Whereas on a salesman side, yeah, have you ever gotten it right? No. Because it because if it's so fluid. You yeah. Know, there's just so many variables right well he says yes and and someone's telling you you should have sold it for more he says no you're kicking yourself because you price it too high he has a trade well did he give him enough and well has he wrote in the check yet and there's so much involved and and then you got to qualify the customer too you don't want to sell and, and you know in when you're doing sales today there's so much assuming going on by the customer right because of tractor house they call up and they assume that because it's on Tractor House and that the pictures are there, that every bearing is perfect, every grease circ is working. Mm -hmm. And that's not always the case. And we represent this, this, these products as we see them. We take the pictures, put them on Tractor House. Um, and then a guy calls from Maryland, buys it, load it up, get it to him, and, and all of a sudden he calls and he's unhappy. It's like, well, you bought it how it was right. you know i never said that it danced and did backflips right. and, and that that's so true and i got another little story if you got a second yeah i'm starting to sound like my dad or something like i'm the old guy well, you, you are but <laughs> this goes back probably 30 years ago john halderman he had college corner implement in college corner indiana which is just south of here. Right. And uh, he had a tractor that I was interested in. And I seen it in the fast line. You know, it was before you had all the online stuff. You had mm -hmm. to actually right. open the book up to come in the mail. And um, so I called him up about it. And, you know, from my house, you know, that's a three and a half. That's probably a four-hour drive. Yeah. So he says, Dave, he goes, I'll tell you what. He was telling me about this tractor, and it sounded perfect. And I, and you could even by the pictures and the hours, mm -hmm. you know, you can just tell the wear on a tractor, a draw bar, the foot pedals, things yep. like that. He says, if it's not what I told you it is, and you drive down here, I will pay your, I'll give you a couple hundred bucks for your gas. And I thought, I gotta go see this tractor. Right. Because he's legit. Mm -hmm. Can't imagine a guy telling me that and getting me down there me to be, be disappointed right well i went down there and i went straight to the tractor i didn't even go inside and i got up on this tractor i'm like holy smokes q was in it so i popped her out you know popped her open and uh um started it up and he comes walking out you know and at that time shoot he's probably 60 some years old i was 18 20 years old mm -hmm. you know, like, he's an old man right but he says drive it around and I popped it in gear and everything I'm like this thing felt brand new and uh so matter of fact it was a 4250 John Deere it's actually what I own today it's not that tractor but at that time 
I decided, man, I really can't afford this, but I wanted it. Right. Well, I found a pretty much close to identical tractor a couple of years ago, and I bought it. Yep. And uh, but anyway, so he says, well, what do you think? He goes, do I owe you money? I said, no, you don't owe me a dime. But I'll never forget that, too. And yeah. to me, you know, I've seen times where guys go and see a piece of equipment, and, man, they're disappointed. Then they're mad. Then yep. they're never calling your number again because mm -hmm. you misrepresented it. So, yep. I mean, I've always told guys, you know, like yourselves, you know, represent it as truthful as you can. I mean, you only know so much about it when you look at it sitting at a, in a guy's barn. Right. It might be dark. It might be, you know, not good lighting to where you can look at certain things. But we do our best, and you guys do your best, and you do your best to price it accordingly, um, represent it the way it um should be represented if you get a trade in in you know you fix what you can see needs fixed right. right or something close to needing fixed and you say well this you know you might have a thousand acres on these blades and you can sell it that way but right price it accordingly right so that that's a big deal especially with all the internet buying going on today um it's just don't lead these guys in the wrong yeah. direction right because they don't have time Right. It, I think that's where a lot of the hesitation comes from on some of the sales guys calling people back. And and I I don't think that we have a problem with that. I mean, we're pretty aggressive. I really don't. But, you know, yesterday I was calling around on some on some equipment and and it, it's happened over time. We've all done it too. It, but you just hear about it more and more. And I think a lot of it is is all of those factors of of how you could really try to truly represent a product and do everything the best way, and it could still turn into a dumpster fire. Well, and it's not so much going to happen here because you guys can keep your arms kind of wrapped around things. You know what each salesman's trading in with communication between the two stores. Where you get to these mega stores they have an IT guy loading all this equipment on the internet and just going with factory specs from right. the serial number. Well, that don't tell you anything about the piece of equipment. Yeah, it tells you what it is, but it doesn't tell you it's got 16,000 hours on it or, you know what I mean, or, or it's been modified this way or, you know, right. there's so many things misrepresented on the internet today because yeah. the guy loading the equipment doesn't know anything about it. Yeah. Yep. Doesn't know that the spacing's been changed from factory. You yeah, know, you got right. supposed to be a seven and a half inch drill. Well, it's ten inch or it's fifteen inch. Right? Yeah. And and do you think you laid a tape on it when you traded it? No. I mean, you walk up to a seven fifty drill. What spacing you think it's on? It should be seven, seven and a half or ten. Well, well, if your customer didn't tell you that his dad changed it twenty right. years ago to 15. three and a half. Or, yeah. You know. I've always, when I was doing retail, I always carried a tape measure. You right. know, measured blades, measured points, measured spacings, um, and then the size of a machine. You could lay a tape on it because you're not so you're not guessing because not every brand is labeled. Right. Um, a lot of them are kind of confusing. Really. And and are you measuring the width by the front row of blades on a disc or the rear row? That's why you know other companies do it different. So I mean, it's pretty right. important to uh, get all the information that you can. And then 
that way that information is available when the customer calls in right you tell a guy it's 29 foot and it's only 27 and a half mm-hmm. right in a sense you know the cutting width just depends on how it's yep that's a problem yeah and rolling baskets are real tricky in right. my opinion because a 25 foot basket won't work with a 25 foot tool correct it's got to be 26 and some yep. change <clears throat> so so we've published now and like in our literature the actual what we're calling the working with it might the model number might be 32 foot but the working width might be 31 four right. or, gotcha. or 31 eight you know what i mean yeah or we do on some stuff we're starting to do driving intervals you know because just to get you that little bit of overlap because a lot of guys are using gps and things like that so right we're trying to help along with that but when you're trading in this older iron you really got to take a close look at that stuff right yeah i mean if you buy a 30 foot tool and overlap two feet each way you're you're doing 26 feet a pass yeah yeah so <laughs> you know that that's a big exactly. difference oh yeah you, you talk you, you know you start working that out on acres per Your day efficiency goes down yeah it changes it a lot yeah. so yeah, a lot of interesting stuff, but I, it just seems you hear that a lot. And, and, you know, you would think when a guy calls, that's exactly why you wake up and go to work is mm-hmm. so your phone can ring and you can have an interested customer uh, call you to buy something. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that goes into that. Yeah, but like I said, you can never have too much info. Right. You know, so always encourage these guys to take as many notes as you can when you're trading something in. And when that paperwork comes in and you load that in your business system, you know, have them notes available because yep. it just, if Cody's selling something that Seth traded in, you know, and it's over in Nova at your other location, you at least don't have to make a phone call and then call this guy back. Cause you might, this guy might've called you and then left and went, he called from the home phone and he, he's out in the combine now. Well, who knows when you'll talk to him again mm, right. and you could have had him. Yeah. So it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. You know, we have a lot of stuff. We do a lot of internet sales now, and that's the way of the future. And half, I bet 75% of our customers we never meet. Yeah. You know, that's agreeable. I just sold that rolling basket to Maryland. Yeah. A guy called, oh, shoot, I don't know. Today's Wednesday. He probably called last Wednesday ish. And, uh, hey, send me more pictures of it. Lay, I, he wanted me to lay a tape on it because yep. he has a 25 foot tool. It measured twenty six six. Perfect. And uh, and he bought it, and I'll probably never get to meet that guy. No, he's in Maryland. That's a good point. You know, the truck we loaded it up. The truck's going to deliver it today. Yep. So, it's uh, it's a different world than flipping through the fast line and oh, yeah. and driving four hours for sure. Uh, it's very rare that you know I have a guy in Michigan right now looking at a piece of equipment. He's like, well, I might drive down and look at it. You know, it's three right. hours. I'm like, yeah. huh? You know, it's up to you, whatever. Yeah. Um, but if if they're outside of two hours, they're not coming. No, it's tough. It seems. Yeah, back in the day, that was nothing. But today, it just seems like time is more of the essence. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, we're pretty dry right now, but there's a lot of guys pounding weed in. And I've spent a lot of my time recently uh, troubleshooting Valmars. We did some troubleshooting yesterday evening. Um, I'm going to be planting some wheat with a Valmar and a 2200 here next, nice. I don't know, later this week. Yeah. I've got, and, and I've always told customers over the years that you can use the Valmar to do that. Um, this year, more than any, there will be more wheat seeded with a Valmar than ever before. 
I'll tell you, I've, I've, in the last couple of years, I've talked to a lot of producers that have been using their Valmars on their vertical tillage tool on a 1200 or something like that, 2200. And uh, they're, they're getting as good of wheat yield, if not better, than they did with their drill. Yeah. I mean, I've heard that story over and over. Yep, I know. It's kind of neat. And so they're covering, they're doing, you know, uh, residue management and seeding their wheat in one pass. I mean, right. it's just great. Yeah. Yeah. And early on, you know, six, eight years ago, I had, I would, we would have a few guys say, you think I could seed my wheat? And I'm like, well, yeah, we can get it to meter out 130 pounds if that's what you're mm-hmm. asking, you know, or they would say, uh, um, you know, do you think it'll grow? Yeah, it'll grow. You know, well, how, how well will it, you know, heart, you know, will it yield? And I, I couldn't answer that. Yeah. Um, but now year after year, I've got more and more guys doing it with a lot of success and, uh, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Like, and then those little two forty sixes, the pull type. Oh rates, yeah. Those things are great for seeding a lot of acres too. Well, yeah, I just seen a guy seed some acres and then he hit it lightly with his vertical till and that's, he's done. Yeah. Yeah. I just sold one to a neighbor over here that it's what he's doing. He's going through and seeing all of his cover, cover crop and then yep. going in and working it in. And I think he's going to try about 80 acres of wheat with it as nice. well. So he'll probably have to make two passes with that in order to get his rate, what he's wanting to get. But yeah well that's what i'm going to do with the wheat you know you can crank those seeders up to do the 130 150 but in my opinion i think you need to have a good seed bed there anyways so right. i'm going to work it twice okay so why risk plugging that seeder right trying to pump out the most that it can um when when we can just go over it twice and do 70 especially if you want to do a little more tillage right you know that's what I'm after. Yeah. Work in that manure incorporation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so and I mentioned... Go ahead. And speaking of that, I mean, the, the whole cover crop trend is not trending down. It's still trending upward. I can't believe the amount of cover crops going on this year. Oh, yeah. And it's, I think you know, a little bit of warmer weather here has helped guys continue to want to put that seed in the ground. Right. Yeah. We need rain. We you do. Know, mm-hmm. We're 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 teed up to get a little bit of rain today, but it's not enough to mount to amount to anything. No. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've sold a lot of cedars. Uh, I've got a lot of them out running today, right now. Uh, we've troubleshot them and got them up and running. And uh, yeah, it. I mean, every year we're selling thirty to forty units. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you do that for five years, and pretty quick you've got two hundred units out running. Yeah, you got a lot of customers out there that are going to use it at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So but that's why you got your nice little station set up over here. I see with your Mueller rate controller and right. Um, yeah. Trouble troubleshoot. Yeah, you know, it's not a video podcast, but if you've been on YouTube and watched our troubleshooting guides on the cedars we've got a test stand in our office where we can pull up all of the rate controllers to help walk you through the screens touch by touch that's nice and uh it's so handy i've got all the boxes here and they're all loaded with you know this one's uh for the st carts that one's for the valmars and i think 8708 or something on the other one but it's we just plug it into that cord and and when a guy's having a problem on the phone i just sit down and we walk through it with him 
And that's, that's huge. And that's a huge bonus for us as Salford group is the fact that, you know, if you didn't have all them tools right there and you wouldn't be able to take care of your customer in a time of matter, oh, yeah. then you'd have to rely on uh, make a call to us, right? you know, up it'd the be plant. tough. It just slows down everything. And that's why you guys have been able to be so successful and selling more product that way is the fact of excuse me serviceability yeah. and when a guy calls with a problem yeah got a problem product knowledge is take care huge of there absolutely well and you don't you don't ha i always say you don't have to know everything you just have to know where to find everything no but just like yesterday you got to a point where you troubleshooted it troubleshot it with your customer yep you guys found out well it's not what we were thinking you made a call to simon simon up at Salford and boom, he got mm -hmm. your thing. You know, he got on it with you, but at least you did the work first because lots of times you're taking care of it and we don't even know about it. Right. But that's what makes a good dealer. Right. So, um, you know, being trying yourself is the biggest thing and, you know, we're always willing to help anybody, but it just helps when you can do it here at the front line after you sold the product. I mean, that's part of being a dealer. Right. You know, is having the knowledge and being able to service what you sell right yep i agree um i want to keep this podcast pretty laid back but real quick i do want to touch on salford a little bit um you know in the last and i texted you maybe a couple weeks ago and told you how much interest i've been seeing in the 1200s and the 2200s and and to we're going to try to to keep this from being a, a commercial but what is it and i know what it is in my opinion what is it about these phone calls? And I get them all the time. Hey, I see my neighbors running a Salford. Man, his stuff looks good. Those tools, I, I hear that they're built a lot better. I've seen some of your videos. And I don't know, something just draws me to the Salford. So what, what's this 2200? What's this 12? What is it, in your opinion, that makes a guy envy his neighbor's shiny red tool that's just working over there, never has a down day. I shouldn't say never, but these new tools are built beefy. Well, that just I, draws them to it. I honestly think just in you know my travels and years with this company um, and being around this tool, um, you know, I got a call yesterday. A guy bought a new tool last year. It wasn't ours, but his neighbors and he has relatives that have the Sulphur 1200. And he goes, I never should have bought this thing. Yeah. Well, so you're dealing with gang style machines. And I think when you, it's the independent series, the 12 and 2200 independent blades, you don't have, you know, there's a lot less service when it comes to that. If you do lose a bearing, you don't have to drop a gang. But when it comes to performance in the field, when you have unlevelness, not perfect tabletop, you know, fields, you know, you're always, a colder is always working the dirt right whether it's down in a little track or you got a high spot where a gang's going to go up and over and, and miss so that's what a lot of guys are seeing or though their machine will start bouncing yeah and leave a ripple effect in the field because you know it just can't control itself like an independent right um, machine like we have so it's rigid so that you know you just the and then with the speed and the vibration from the coils, you know, you're especially in this hard ground, what's beautiful about ours compared to a gang style machine today is, you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get fracture below that blade with mm -hmm. the vibration from that coil. 
Yep. You know, it could be two inches. I've seen guys have even told me in university studies, seven inches. I mean, I've seen that you go out in the field today and it's hard as rock. You don't think you did a whole lot. You back there in 24 hours and it's amazing mm-hmm. when you probe it that you'll see the difference because it fractured down, got some of that oxygen in the ground. And then when you do get a rain, it's just going to force that, give the water a place to go instead of running in the road ditches. Yep. But with all of that, you just, your finish out there is just beautiful. And that's what guys are seeing. Right. You know, they're getting a better seed bed, um, you know, just getting better control of everything, you know, when they're done with that field. And that's, that to me, what I see is where we're the most valuable over these other tools right now in the market. Yeah. And something that I see, or the the things that do it, in my opinion, are Salford does tillage with the quality of the soil in mind. They they want to do the tillage with, they don't just want to make it pretty and fluffy on top. They want to do the tillage the right way. They want to do it without damaging or having negative effects on the soil, which is your most valuable asset when it comes to farming. It's the number one cost on your balance sheet is your land they want to do that tillage while still building your land correct how many times have you heard that like a 570 is is a no-tiller's best friend you know the guys that are wanting to build their soil create good seed beds manage residue but still have quality soil and keep the dirt there keep the dirt there again it, it everything with the soil you know keep it there Keep it intact, keep everything going, and you can say, "Oh, that's that's foo foo dust, whatever." Um, but you know, you look at some hard pans that some of these other tools are putting out there, and guys are seeing that. Mm-hmm. You know, we did that video with the Kraus, one of yep. our most popular videos in the last twelve months, mm-hmm. and people don't—they want the finish that they're getting with some of these other tools, but they don't want it to damage their soil. Correct. Yep. And, and they built a, rid, a rigid, rugged product with parts and service availability. Yes. That's it for me. It mm-hmm. is. It's a premium product. And uh, like I get calls all the time, and, and you get guys in highly erodible ground, which there's a lot of that. You don't think it is, but it is. Yeah. Um, qualifies for that, and they need something that's not going to um, horizontally move that soil to where when the big – because we get the big rains, it seems like. Right. And when that water gets moving fast, it carries a lot of soil with it. Right. And that's where, you know, with our true vertical tillage tools, you don't get that. You yeah. know, it stays in place. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, without sounding like a commercial for Salford, I wanted to touch on that. Because it, in, in the last month or two, it has been just mm-hmm. through the roof of guys really being attracted to Salford. and. And I think it's a lot of hard work being paid off is what it is. Adam, why don't you touch on what we're doing out in the... With that tool? Yeah. The 2200? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Brent and the guys are putting together a, a tool that we sold a couple, well, about a month ago. It's a 2200 with hydraulic shanks and a cover crop seeder on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's a tool that you're going to see a lot more of. I'm hope, hopefully going to go drone one tomorrow. Uh, but these hydraulic shanks that you can put on the vertical tillage tools to completely change um, how the tool works in the field. You can go from just managing and, and doing a, a vertical tillage pass into almost a chisel. Yeah. Um, you know, with with a flip 
flip of a lever mm-hmm. totally changes it and then it's got a cover crop box on it to seed covers and wheat and everything in between mm-hmm. uh, you know you purchase a tool like that and just think of how many uh less hitch pins you're gonna need on the farm right you know you're gonna yeah. use that tool to do it all mm-hmm. use it in the spring for seed beds use it in the fall to chisel your end rows and use it in the fall to seed your wheat and cover crops right it, yeah. it, it don't get any better than that we're gonna do a lot of videos on that thing too yeah yeah but, well, he's actually trading in a 20-footer to get this 24-footer, and right. as soon as the 20-footer gets here, we've got a demo up by Lipsick, Ohio, that right. you and I are going to go do. Yep. It's a gentleman that we talked to here. Hopefully Friday we'll do it. So. Yep. A lot of fun stuff going on. Um, Dave, do you deer hunt? I don't. My Let's kids see. do. Yeah. Well, we need to get you out deer hunting sometime. Do you want a deer hunt? Yeah, I'll go deer hunting. You would go deer hunting? Yeah. I got a gun. Okay. Well, see, I've, we've been we've been begging our uh, Yetter rep, Jeff Worley. You know, I'm I know Jeff Worley, though. Well. I mean, that's a true deer hunter. Well, yeah, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, deer hunting is, is anymore. It's very little about killing. It's about spending time in the field with, with other people. But, uh, you know... It's a lot of fun, and I, we've been begging him to either come out here or we're going out yeah. there. And gotcha. um, I'm hoping it works because, like I've said many times, when I first met Jeff Worley uh, at the Fort Wayne Farm Show, I talked to him for hours about deer hunting, yeah. and, and we've always talked about it. Um, but this year's a little different. We got some ground that we can hunt on, and yeah. I think uh, I think it, it's something that we want to do. Yeah, I'll definitely do that with you. Cody and I went out. I don't know, probably ten days ago, sat in the tree, had mm-hmm. had two does come in. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Cody was in the driver's seat that night, but they didn't quite come Mm-mm. come in. Can I use the swing? Yeah, yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, but I would suggest hunting out of a blind or a tree stand. Gotcha. Okay. But yeah, yeah, I'll go with. We you. need to. Well, I know my wife has told me, well, "Why don't you take take the kid?" And I'm like. Well, I would, but uh, well, you and hunt, I need to make an investment. When we hunt together, Adam is taking the kid. Whatever. Uh, Cody. Right. Yeah. Whatever. So. But, no. yeah, deer hunting, you know, it's mid-October. A lot of big bucks have fallen, and mm-hmm. uh, it, it's been good so far, the cold weather that we've had. But give it a couple weeks, and uh, we'll be in the tree pretty hard. Yeah. Sweet November. Yeah, mm-hmm. the end of October, early November. Oh, I'll yep. do that here next month when I come out. Yeah, gun season is uh, the Monday after Thanksgiving is opening day, and it runs through the following Sunday. And then there, skip a weekend, and then the following weekend there's another one. And then you got, you got a heater in the tree stand? No, no, no heater. <laughs> the big one. Oh, gotcha. The ball of fire in the sky. Yeah, That's all you get. But, uh, well, it's, uh, I think all of our phones have dinged at least 10 times since yeah. we've been on the podcast. Um, Dave, I appreciate you taking the time this morning um, to uh, sit down with the Joe Rogan experience. <laughs> and uh, it was fun. It, it was fun. I appreciate the opportunity. And it's always a great visit to take this time just to, you know, share our thoughts and what's going on because it, it just helps you realize some of the things that we need to continue to do and maybe do better too so no it's right it's a good time thanks guys 
Well, until the next one, uh, hopefully everyone has a safe harvest, and we'll see you on the next one. Yep. See Thanks you guys. for tuning Bye. in.